Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another episode of Merkaba Chakras podcast. Today, we talk to Onike Mahealani Kuamo O. Henry and her assistants, La Akea, from the big island of Hawaii. Onike is a spiritual teacher and messenger for the spiritual voices of her native Hawaiian ancestors. She shares the tradition about her culture and the aloha spiritual values for self, others, and the environment in group presentations at retreats and within her workshops through the ancient spiritually pragmatic teachings of Ho'oponopono Ke'ala. Now, with that, aloha onike mahe'alani and la'akea. Welcome to Makaba Chakras. Aloha. Aloha. Yes, and just real quick, it's anake. 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. And, and just for everybody else who's not familiar with what anake um means it is the hawaiian word for auntie so it's a sign of respect like auntie so anake um now you know the goddess makes no mistakes connecting us together so i'm really excited to discuss ho'oponopono ke'ala with you but before we begin this interview um anake and La'akea will bring us into the energy with a Hawaiian chant. So take it away, ladies. Um, so the mo'olelo, the story behind this chant, as with most olis or chants, whenever there's a gathering of two or more, or, you know, there's a special gathering. And we consider... Our meeting with you is a special gathering, you know, because the rest of the world will also get to be a part of this canoe, thanks to you. <laughs> so with that said, um, the chant that we will be opening with is called Mahalo Nui, O Holo Okoa, and it speaks about the gratitude, the gratitude that we have for our environment, everywhere we are, and mostly, too, to remind us that we are all in the same canoe, and we're all children. We're all children of the universe. Okay? Makakao? Aye. 
Keiki au ke ia, o hono okoa. Mahalo nui. Mahalo nui. Mahalo nui. No hola ke ia. Ia ko mai kai. Me ke aloha. Mahalo nui. I thank you for this day. Blessings with love. And I am this child of the universe, and I come from the star system, Makali'i. Aloha huakahi. Aloha huakahi. No hokuwa'a. O maikai. Ina pupuna. Aloha huakahi. And in this loving journey, I am loved. I am blessed by the ancestors. This is my song, my story. I'm loved, blessed by the ancestors. And I'm reminded that I am the child of the universe and that we all are in the same canoe, the same va'a. In mahalo, in its with grace of gratitude, we set the energies in place. We are lokahi e me ke aloha. We are all in oneness. Mahalo. Thank you. Wonderful. That was beautiful, ladies. Thank you so much, Anike and La... La Akea. Now, so the first question that, um, as we get into this conversation, um, Onike, can you tell us your story for how you got into this work in the first place? Oh boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> we want to hear everybody's journey to, uh, is a little bit different. So the ancestors chose you to, to bring in a, a, a message and they gave you an assignment so please tell the audience how you got into this work because not everybody's doing this work well according to my mom uh when i was born she received the signs from the mo'o which is our almakua it's a uh mo'o unihitivi which is the ghost lizard okay so whenever a child is chosen uh, or has a, a, something significant that they want that child to um, help bring, bring 
something in, you know, and for, in my case, it was uh, to bring in the messages, to align myself, to stay in that alignment of the energies and the story time and the teachings from the ancestors. So that's how I got here. And when my mom, oh boy, I gotta, I gotta tell you this. Um, when she was carrying me, my grandfather was at our house and he was waiting because he was told that the one that you're waiting for is coming very, very soon, you know. So sure enough, one afternoon, he hears my mother and she starts screaming, yeah. And so he goes running out to the backyard and he's counting, ekahi, elua, ekolu, eha, in the ancient language. He's counting to see what is it, what, what's happening. And as he's counting, he's putting out this energy of being ready or in readiness because he feels this is the one. This is the one, yeah. And so he gets to my uh, mother, and my mother is pointing at her arm. And she's just pointing at this arm of hers. And it happened to be the left arm, which is where the heart space is which is where the connection to the heart means that it is all about family, oneness, spirit, you know, spirit and human, you know, and the messages soon to come, you know. So my mother, um, in her panic, of course, you know, not accustomed to something like this, um, tells my grandfather, take it away, take it away, because she can see this. She can see this unihipivi, this ghost lizard, you know. And my grandfather couldn't even see this ghost lizard, but she kept pointing to it. So to calm her down, he takes her in the house, gives her some ava, calms her, calms her right down, and he tells her, ah, the almakua has come, and the almakua has a message. And so we need to get the message from this animal um, God, animal God, yeah, and my mother says, well, no, no, you know, she's more of the modern, and so she's saying, no, 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 just take it away, take it away, whatever it is, take it away, you know, and my father, my grandfather kept saying, no, no, this is the one I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for, so she insists, no, not my child, not my child, you know, and my grandfather says, yes, this is the child. She will be the messenger. She is that messenger. So all my life, it has been that way. Um, I have always trained with my grandfather. And he's always passed on the messages. And he passes it on through songs, through mo'olelo, the story times, you know, um, through the plants, through, through things of nature. Um, they have a way of, of speaking to you, and you have a way of picking up on it. You know, this is the ancient way. Yeah, and so of course, as a child, I never questioned it. So all of that information just seats right in. You know, there is no manao. In other words, no um, human side of the brain to to. Uh, try to direct or control anything. 
because it's not there, you know. I mean, it doesn't try to take control. This is all coming through the ancestors, you know. Right. What they need for me to be in in oneness with, you know. So all my life it was like that. And at first, you know, when I um it was the ancient way of where a child, you know, they say a child um, is raised by the village. Well, that was very much um, in place when I was a child, you know, and everybody supported that, you know, of um, what it is that I needed to know about or something, you know. I uh, Someone would say something, um, would give me a tidbit of information, you know, and I would go back and ask my grandfather about it or whatever it was, you know. So these things would be explained to me. So that by the time I was old enough to go to school, see, because I was raised, you know, with the fam- with grandpa, you know, And then at a certain age, when they feel like, okay, it's time, then you go back into the modern world, so to speak, you know. So I had to go into the schools and register in and all of this kind of stuff. Well, it was also at a time where speaking our language was not supposed to be. I mean, others could speak um, their language, their Japanese or whatever other cultures. But we, as Kanaka Maoli, as Hawaiians, were not encouraged, nor, you know, we were judged not to speak our language. And of course, we know that now, back in history, it was all part of the takeover of our lands. Okay, so we know that. However, we also know that we had a queen, Queen Liliopolani. She was the last queen. She was the one that gave the order. And this is so aloha. This is the aloha spirit at work. She gave the order not for our people not to pick up the spears and to fight for the land. She said... What good is the land if my people are gone? You see? So even from that point in time, the aloha spirit had to be, say, awakened and put, put forth in a very, very big way, huge way, you know. Right, that, right. Yes, even today, yeah, we're, we're still doing that, but what we haven't lost is that love and that care and that importance, that value of the Aloha spirit and the treatment as much as possible with others that we, you know, we say to ourselves, well, are you true to your culture or are you not? You know, this is the time um, to hold true to that culture. So Ho'oponopono Keala is a big part of that. And even that was buried for a long time because the missionaries that came through, you know, there was other, other uh, influences that also tried to um, take place 
from our belief systems. So the missionaries came in, and so even today, you'll hear of Ho'oponopono, but it is the more modern version, and it is the one that um, holds true more to the Western influences than it does to the Hawaiian, the Kanaka Maui. Right. And I wanted to get into more kind of like the native Hawaiian um, perspective on the practice of Ho'oponopono Ke'ala, because um, it, it is a practice where you make right more right the path. And even in that alone, people don't quite, especially in Western minds, don't quite understand that. So um, I understand that practice um, in Buddhism is very, very advanced. And, um, but before I explain the Eastern interpretation of that in, in our, in our tradition and um, perspective on reality and how to work with reality, um, let's explain what is the native original ancient Hawaiian um, interpretation of Ho'oponopono Ke'ala, which is making right more right. Can you explain that to people? Making right more right. If, if you knew what our language meant, you would know that those words are saying making right more right. In other words, the aloha has its values and it stands first, foremost, and always as much as possible. Now, in this belief system, there is no wrongs. Very important, okay? And just the, the words that lead into the practice of Ho'oponopono Keala, it is saying right there in our language, it is saying Ho'o, make, make something happen. Making, making something happen. Pono means the excellence the rightness of something. And then you add the other pono with that. That again says, what might have been right, say five years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, now you make it even more right as the evolution through your experiences catches up to you and you get to see what this practice and teachings is really all about. Making right more right is the aloha spirit. Right. And just to, right, right. And just, just so that people understand, like, um, like when I, when I look at the concept of making right more right, it, from the, the Buddhist or Eastern uh, philosophies of of that thought process is very, very advanced understanding of the Dharma, very advanced understanding of reality, which for many Western minds who don't quite understand that or can accept that have a very hard time accepting reality because, and I want to see how this, how this is um, understood in Hawaiian 
um, native uh, tradition because the, the Eastern understanding of make right more right is that there are no mistakes in the universe. The universe made no mistake. Every single thing, every every single good, every single bad was made for a purpose. It's part of the creation. Yes. Out of the, the dirt, out of the chaos, out of the the unsightliness of what happened or how it happened, it is the foundation of what is to come that is going to be beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. being scared of the lava as it erupts and builds before the island is made. So that's the, that in, in it's very advanced perspective on the Dharma or reality that even the worst thing that has happened as, as much pain as it could inflict on people there was no mistake and in the belief in Buddhism in um, reincarnation, and I know this in my practice of hypnosis, when I put people through hypnosis and they go through their different lives and past lives, all of the things that happened were not all of it, but some of the main things that were really impactful events in their life were pre-planned as building blocks for what was to come. And they may not understand that until after they go through it and go, go to the end of the life cycle of that creation process. So it's very advanced understanding, but for young, young souls and for many people in the West, they can't understand that concept that there are no mistakes in the universe and that all we're doing is accepting the creation process and trying to work with it to make it even better down the road. Can you explain that in um, Ho'oponopono, like that concept more clearly for people to understand? Because they really can't accept that, um, that even the most horrible things that happen have a place in the creation process. The thought. You take the thought, all right, as, as everything, everything, energy, energy comes through this nucleus, this, this sight unseen, so to speak, yeah? And yet, we know energy exists. I mean, look at what's around us, plants, flowers, things, things that can grow in spite of the worst storms, in spite of the, uh, you know, the, the, the plights, uh, the battles, whatever, you know, the thought is that as long as you think it, so you be it. See, and that's simple. I know that's really simple. And if you have a Western mind with this, you're going to try to fit the Ho'oponopono Keala into a small little cup, okay? And say, okay, but I still don't understand it. I still don't understand it. Of course not. You won't understand it until you actually heleka olelo, as we say. Walk the talk, as we say, yeah. The thought factors, that choice, the call, what is the thought that you're putting out here? You know, what is it? Is it, is it built on what? Is it built on aloha? Or is it built on 
revenge or is it built on, you know, more primitive side of, say, the human? You know what I mean? As long as one needs to continue the conversion of evolution, okay, you're going to run into the same type of understanding that makes it hard for it to fit. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's really simple. Right. It's and it so is it, it is really simple. And um, many people, um, especially in the West, have a very hard time understanding this because of maybe the culture or the belief systems that they have um, adopted because reality or the Dharma or you know, everything in the aloha spirit that runs around in space, everything is dependent on um, the level of consciousness and how you see it. So let me give you an example. Um, okay, so for for Eastern mindsets in advanced concepts of karma, which karma is just basically unbalanced energy trying to balance itself. That's all it is, unbalanced energy trying to balance itself. It's not like you have karma debt. If you, if, you, if you cause a ripple in the pond, the pond is going to try to adjust itself to reach calm. It, you know, that's just, it's just unbalanced energy. So in, in this concept, just to, because this is the hardest part for many Western minds to understand about Ho'oponopono um, Allah is that, you know, in the concept of, manifest destiny like certain big events are going to happen as part of the creation process to get to the best experience and you may not understand it for that reason at the time until after you you complete a full cycle of that whatever that experience is um people will question well then you know, is, is everything that happens to us pre-planned or do we have any free will in, um, in creation? So let me ex- give examples. So if somebody's house was on fire, okay, let's say the, wild, the wildfires recently, okay, the forest fires burnt their house down. It's a really tragic situation. They lost everything. Hopefully that everybody survived and was was safe, but they lost all the possessions in that moment is a horrible thing that they see happen to them. And, and um, it causes a lot of pain and grief. And so for a lot of Western minds, they look at that, that's horrible. Why would that be part of my experience? Why would that be pre-planned? not knowing that that was maybe the foundations that built a better um, neighborhood and gave the person a, a better opportunity for a better home, better opportunities that could not have come forward had they not lost that house that everything that they had was tied to. It kind of released them. So that's one way of seeing it on a grander scale um, in Eastern philosophy, but um, that's wow, how we see it. So for, for Native Hawaiians, you know, how do they see those tragic events in somebody's life? Is, is it manifest destiny that they pre-plan it or is it just an accident? 
No, it's not an accident. It's not an accident. I wouldn't say that it's an accident. Um, I would say then that's almost as if saying that your life is an accident. And I don't believe that. It is not an accident. No. Um, we are here to serve purposes. Purposes. Some might say, oh, well, you're here to, you know, do your karmatic growth again or whatever, you know. Um, okay, if, if that works for you, it's good, you know. Whatever works for you as you take your steps to grow, okay, just like, just like a baby. A baby, you know, even though you want to rush over there and be sure to, you know, uh, help it and all of this, sometimes you must let it grow. You must let it grow. And so that it will gain confidence. It will gain experience. It will gain growth. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Well, it's the same thing with one sense of spirit and one sense of the humanness, okay? We have these two dichotomies working, yeah? So the best that we can do, really, is to see ourselves growing even before we get there. And how does somebody you know? see themselves growing in a painful situation? Okay. Be this would be tough. I will say that. That is very tough um, to grow. So you have to grow so quickly like that, you know, if that be the case. But it's not the case. It's not the case. You are, how should I say, for lack of a better word, you are allowed to grow as you can. Okay? You really are. You're allowed to grow and gain your experiences as you can, you know, just because I can see, say, the beautiful mountains where I'm sitting, you know, doesn't mean that everyone's going to be able to see that, you know. So I right. would expect that a person it sees themselves as, okay, you know, I'll, I'll if if they were to take this dynamics this this teachings seriously then seriously means to also allow for your own growth to catch up so that you can evolve you know my mother used to say that a lot she used to say yes you have to be involved to evolve you know and that's right there is as simple as it gets. Yeah, you can't stand off to the side and go, oh, well, let me read about this, and then I'm, I'm there. You know, no. You have to take the steps, too. You know, olelo. You have to walk that talk, too. You know, right, really. right. And grandpa used to um, call it ikaponomea. Mm -hmm. So all is in perfection. Everything is in right time, right place, right being. And so Ho'oponopono Keala invites us to, to, in every situation, to go to a Pono perspective. Yeah. You know, so it's how you perceive, how you choose to perceive 
a, a situation or an experience. You can see it as kono, excellence and perfection, yeah. or yeah. pilikia, trauma and drama. So you get to choose how you see it, and 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 the ho'oponopono keala invites us to go to that pono perspective where you can see the the learnings, the lessons and blessings from from an experience like your house burning down mm. in the fires and losing everything. Mm. Um, you you go through that experience. You Our neighbor just did that. that. The lava um, came the and lava. took seven hundred homes. Why did I know that? I didn't even know yeah, that. I didn't even know that. And I just picked that out of the random thoughts. Oh, we are in the same energy. River of lava oh, going just a mile down from our yep. house and, and people we know and love, you know, their yes. houses uh, yep. covered in a hundred feet of lava at yeah. this time. So, yeah. but you know, you, you go to the ponopu perspective that knowing of ikoponomea, all is in perfection, no matter what it is, you know, and, and it's when we choose, we can choose to judge it as good or bad, you know? Oh, yeah. and, and the evolvement is when we see the, the learnings and the growth and the, and the blessings from it. You know, when you, get, when you see the pono in mm -hmm. what has happened, well, you can easily see oh, the pilikia. Gosh. You can easily see. The trauma and drama. Yeah, what you would see that was maybe what you would call wrong. <laughs> but yeah. when you look for the right, and there's a lot, there's oh, a lot gosh. there. That's when you're really able to gather and and tab in to that, you know, the the growth and the involvement of that experience. Right, Until right. It always remains. Okay, great, girls. How do I get there? How do I get there? And I say one moment at a time. Right, right. So you guys, you both of you ladies make a couple of really good points that I want to kind of break this down for people because it gets really easy to get lost in, um, I call it the swirl of thought. But I wanted to break some of the very key things that you two have said down for people. Um, the, first, the first thing is, um, Anike, you said that some people see the mountain and others who are there do not see the mountain right in front of them. Why is that that some people can tune into the mountain in their reality and other people cannot tune in and see that aspect of their reality? What is the, what is the, the native perspective on that? It depends on their focus. It really is. It depends on their focus. As an example, um, I may have a clear sight to the mountain, whereas maybe someone else doesn't from where they sit because maybe it's cloudy or maybe they just don't see it because they desire not to see it. You know, I mean, there's other, other factors that plays into this as well. Right. So not everybody. Yeah. Right. So not everybody sees the same reality. That's true. That's true. So so not everybody sees the same reality. They evolve. You know, we're all spirit. We're all spirit. We all come from. I mean, our growth is of our evolvement. 
our evolvement comes from our involvement. What is it that we choose to be involved with in order to evolve? Right, right. So the inner work, the inner work that you do will change or affect your perspective on how you see reality. And it is that perspective or that, that consciousness that somebody holds that will make it so that someone is seeing the mountain and tuning into the mountain that is in their reality and others not seeing it. So it's kind well, of like a change smile. of energy. Yeah, it's kind of a change of energy. Some people's energy have um, a, an, a, a frequency that they can tune in and see the mountain and others' energy is not at that point that they're not seeing it. So is that, is that the difference between, the, between people? And that's free choice. That's free choice. And that we were all not made as robotic duplicates of each other. No, we are all of one, yeah? We are all of one. I mean, even if I had a twin sister, she still would not be the exact spirit on space that I feel right, in this right. world. Yeah. Yeah. So I let me... She keeps it real simple, and this is a beautiful theme, is um, Anake uh, refers to it as, you know, for us to be aloha and stay in that pono place ourselves moment to moment is that we understand that everyone is individual and they reach the beach when they reach the beach exactly you know right and right and that is so key yeah. right and that is so key because um and, and and you know i i myself i am um from the Hmong tribe of Laos and the Hmong tribe of Laos, their folklores is that they're descendants of um, a Polynesian empire of the folklore of Lemuria, which uh, we have a lot of those folklore stories of um, the ancestry and our ancient, you know, civilization in um, documented in artwork and murals um, and in story in Buddhism, just to kind of save the oral history of the ancient people that over time, you know, have um, become part of the mainland. But some uh, parallels in um, perspective are very, very similar to um, the Hawaiian perspectives of Ho'oponopono Ke'ala because um, in that, like, if everyone has free will to do pretty much anything they want, they can change the trajectory of the way in which they're going to create reality um, or anything else like that. But, ev but everybody is different, and we respect everybody's yeah. different because everybody has a different journey. And um, oneness in the Western mind is, in some Western mind, the concept of oneness is that we all come together and we adopt the same thing and we look alike and we dress alike and we have the same belief system and that's oneness, that's unity. Whereas that's not true in the East. In the East, and I think this, I think this might be very similar to um, Hawaiian perspective, in the East and in Buddhism, oneness and unity 
has been ancient beliefs going all the way back to ancient times. And it is like a puzzle, different pieces of, this, of a puzzle picture that have different sizes and different shapes. And one is, is putting together all of the puzzle, all the different shapes to come together and then work together with our differences to create something more. That's one that's like a puzzle, not we're all going to change your shape and become squares and then sit next to each other. So there is no conversion. There's no reason to convert anybody because everyone is bringing in their puzzle piece. Um, so what is the Hawaiian perspective of oneness, of unity? Well, not the one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your perspective of oneness and unity? Um, the Yes, it really is very much the aloha, very much of you and your spirit greatness, you know, your spirit that feels right about something, feels pono about something, you know, and wants to say grow with that or evolve with that or you know it's it's a it's a choice that you make for yourself you're, you're not expecting oh gosh everybody else has to do that you know no it's not you know but that you respect the fact that you're having your own experience and your neighbor is having their experience, etc. And if you can come to the table, which you should be able to once you understand this, you can come to the table and you can all share that, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. Share that evolvement, share the experiences, share that um, spirit greatness, if you will share it mm -hmm. right right so again it very much bring you are what you are there was no mistake and you're going to come to a table and bring what you are so whether you're um this culture belief whatever the aspects that make up who you are you bring to come to the table and then you just kind of like like the puzzle piece exactly. analogy Put it together. Exactly. So you're not changing anyone. And that's the thing in the West that's very common is they always want to convert and change people. My place, my view is better. My perspective is better. Try this, try this. And they can't accept people for the differences that they bring to the table. So what do you say for people who are challenged with accepting what other people bring to the table? Oh, my goodness, geez. I'll say, well, you know, you might want to take a look at that dish just a little bit closer. <laughs> How's that working for you? How's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Just, just, there are tools that we work with in, in the workshops and stuff that really help people to open open that space up you know because more and more people really do want to open that space up <laughs> and and we lovingly we we jokingly because you know humor is such a, a powerful oh. a powerful theme is we call it uh we call it living in jello yeah. you know jello there's a lot of wiggle room 
you know so when you're in that aloha spirit when you're when you're living that aloha and your pono you know you're in the excellence and you know all is in perfection and there's so many different things out here and people believe so many different and it's it's different from you it's yeah. different from where you are and what you understand and when you live in that jello it, it really makes it such a joyful experience because you can really have a lot of wiggle room living in jello <laughs> yeah, yeah, to use let's say if you were going to, is to measure up to what joy the heart feels, you know, what is that joy about, you know, um, and, and take that as the rhythm to open that light, to open yourself with a little bit more, you know, and to help the mana'o, the mindset to, to change from that controlling state of being and to you know partner to partnership with the heart space you know so there's a lot that goes on in the internal space of self <laughs> right right we need to yeah right before, before i talk <laughs> right now the thing that a lot of um confusion that comes through with studying this modality and you know i i completely i completely understand um the tools that uh you ladies bring forth with ponopono um keala i and and just like we had discussion earlier we respect everyone's journey we respect the different aspects that make up their journey whether some parts of that journey is going to be very difficult and have lots of pain and suffering, like losing your house to a fire or being hurt by somebody else physically. Um, but that is one piece of a longer picture. Um, and like you said earlier, it depends on how they see that lesson. What lessons can they take out of it? What, what silver linings can they take out of it? What can they learn out of it so that they use that experience even though it's seen as quote wrong or bad or it should never have happened, whatever, use that experience to create better what already happened. Yeah. That was how it's supposed to happen. So, um, you know, with that comes in the very different perspective, especially in Western philosophies about forgiveness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, and everybody has a different, you know, perspective oh you should just forgive and let go forgive 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 and then there's the perspective of accept what happened and but let go of the anger that you still charge in that thought of that of that incident that happened so that you can free yourself from you know being triggered by that um what is what is your perspective of on how it is forgiveness is confused with aponopono um keala well again it's as you mentioned earlier it seems that uh and i did too is that it seems like when we say oh everybody in the same canoe and all of that it, it it seems like we might be talking about converting everyone you know 
and that's not true. Well, it's the same thing for um, what is it that we see um, with people who are maybe asking forgiveness. You know, if that, if asking for forgiveness is something that really motivates you and that is so needed in your heart, then yes, I would say go for it. Ask that forgiveness. If that's where, you know, if that's where you're coming from, yes, do it. Absolutely, you know. But be aware that just because you do it, it doesn't mean that the next person has to do it also, you know. Everyone has their own paddle. (laughs) <laughs> their own phono paddle, you know, to paddle the canoe with. So um, just don't expect that just because you're asking for forgiveness that it's all done with, even with the other person, because that may not be so, you know. And, and ho'oponopono, keala, is not about forgiveness. Exactly. It's not about forgiveness. Um, forgiveness is a value. It is a value that stands, that has its own merits to stand on. It does not have to be incorporated in any other teachings, but that it stands on its own merit, you know. And so. Right. It doesn't have to to gain value or importance. It is already valued, you know. So you don't have to fit it into, say, ho'oponopono. Right, right. So call forgiveness, call it like the forgiveness program. Don't call it ho'oponopono because that's not what the Hawaiian word means. No. It doesn't mean, it's not conflict resolution. No. It is right you know the perfection making right, making right more right that's mm-hmm. what ho'oponopono yeah. literally means it's like you said it's it's ancient but yet it's so advanced also you know the enlightenment right. of it is so advanced <laughs> right because you have to almost see from a um a cosmic perspective of the situation and exactly. that's where i say it's it is an ancient um, modality to help people address um, issues or quote, quote, issues that they have about something. And the Western interpretation is just forgive it, you know, let go of the anger, you know, just you do your own forgiving. There's all different ways of forgiving, but Ho'oponopono, um, there is no forgiveness to it. It it is what it is. It was already right when it happened, how it happened. There are no mistakes. There is a reason in creation for that. And it is a piece of a larger creation process that you have yet to experience. But when you experience the larger aspect of that full picture, you'll see that when you look at this one little stuck issue that causes a lot of pain and suffering, it was like a linchpin that started um, a whole movement that created the bigger 
-hmm. positive outcome. So, and, and, and I, I understand a lot of Westerners are going to look at that and have really serious issue with that because they think, oh, this, this um, horrible incident in history that afflicted a lot of pain and suffering of these people, how can that already be right in the creation process? Um, you know, we should, it should never happen. But if none of these things happen, whether it's positive things or negative things, then the things that follow and create from it wouldn't be created as well. But I think Am I saying it right? Say it's right. I mean, you know, we, we never say that um, your way of thinking um, needs to be placed in this model. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. We're saying that the value of forgiveness if that means for you to ask someone for forgiveness then do it on your own value on your own value system you know you don't have to go find a a belief system and then go stick it in there right right know, when it's right there. <laughs> right right that's what i'm saying i'm also saying is please before you even think to do that, at least, you know, with uh, my Hawaiian culture, please look up what the words mean. Right, right. Because so there is no forgiveness concept in Ho'oponopono. It's just accept, learn the lesson, and then create from the lesson evolved. and silver linings that you learn. Evolved. Yes. Evolved. Yeah, yeah, and realistic, realistically, um, we, everything is energy. And so, you know, forgiveness has its own energy. Okay. Forgiveness implies that something has been done wrong. Some wrong mm -hmm. has been done. So mm -hmm. when, you get, when you give forgiveness or you ask for forgiveness, <laughs> a wrong has to be done. Now, wrong has its own vibration mm -hmm. because it's an energy. Mm -hmm. Aloha and pono mm -hmm. have their own vibration. They cannot exist in the same time and space. They're, they're not a vibrational yeah, match. Yeah. So Ho'oponopono Keala is founded, is based in the aloha and the aloha mm -hmm. spirit. Mm -hmm. And in there is no wrong, not even in the words Ho'oponopono Keala. Is there implied anything wrong? I so know. it's all about right and more right. And this is the path. And um, forgiveness is its own, like she says, it's its own value. It's actually its own vibration. Mm -hmm. You know, like love and hate, they're two different vibrations. They don't exist in the same time and space. So it's as simple as that. When you, when you go to the foundation with the, the basics of, of energy. Right, right. One or the other. Right. In actuality, when you look at humans and you go into the core of all of humanity, there is nothing wrong. There is nothing negative. Mahalo for that. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And that, and that is, um, that goes into the next question because in, especially in some world viewpoints, they have the concept of right and wrong or good mm -hmm. and bad. And um, if things in, 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 in some 
traditions, especially in Eastern traditions, there are no negatives. It's all light. It's all positive. You just choose not to see it and so that you can pretend that there is darkness in people and pretend that there is darkness in reality where it's just people basically trying to find um, and recognize the light within. So is um, can you explain that concept that there is in Hawaiian um, tradition and in this modality um, that people can use to kind of help them, you know, create the best life, that there is no wrong, there is no negative? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By understanding what, for one thing, understanding what we've said, what we've put out here already gives uh, gives you some real strong insights as to what Ho'oponopono Keala is all about, really. The other part to that is to understand that the society, the society of right and wrongs, let's say, okay, comes from a very um, competitive society, comes from a a what I term as a fault-finding society, okay? Fault-finding society. It's as simple as that. In other words, if that is where you want to evolve from, then so be it, you know? The fault-finding society will show you all will justify all that leadership and the reason for you to not feel, say, good about yourself or good about the world or that there should always be trauma and drama in the world or, you know, we can stack it up. You know, we can stack it up. The reasons for wars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think it's ego-based? Oh, absolutely. It's ego. Absolutely. It's ego. Absolutely. So so the concept, so the the imbalance that many people, especially in Western belief systems about reality, the Dharma, the Aloha, everything, consciousness, um sees sees a um a high a low a good a bad a good versus evil all that kind of stuff it's kind of the competition and that's you know if you're on one side then the other side um you have somebody to fight for to fight against and that will feed in your ego because you're on the good side everybody's on the good side even people on the bad side think they're on the good side so <laughs> the good side is thinks they're on the good side. The bad side thinks they're on the good side. So everybody's on the good side. Yeah. It's, it's like they're fighting, they're fighting each other because they're both good. Yeah. <laughs> it gets confusing. Well, it gets it's confusing. A whole Hollywood mess. You know, it's a whole Hollywood mess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And see, again, again, we get back to the ancient message of the ancestors whether it comes from the hawaiian or it comes from different um shaman beliefs or um you know buddhism vedas all all these traditions there is no 
wrong. It's all good. It's all light. Um, and it's not recognizing that in each other that is causing that you versus me. Let's find out who's good. Where yeah. You guys both are thinking you're good. <laughs> so it's not recognized. You guys are both good. <laughs> so it's kind of funny when you think about that. <laughs> One of the one of the most amazing things that I um, recognized early, early on when I started studying with Anake um, was she brings you and Nakupuna, the ancestors, bring you immediately to our true identity. And our true identity is greatness. Mm -hmm. We are greatness. We are perfect just as we are. Every single moment. We have always been perfect. We will always be perfect. And, and that was the first thing she had on the board in that, in that first class was welcome to your greatness. And, you know, and then from there on, you know, as that gave me permission to be truly my true identity of who I am, um, then I could go forward. And mm -hmm. um, from that experience, and when you come to a place where you fully accept that, you upon yeah. that, you accept it, I am greatness. All of a sudden, you recognize that in everybody else. Mm -hmm. There is no competition. There is no wrong or right, or you should think like me, or you should believe like me. You know, that kind of stuff. There's no fault finding at that point. You really can easily go to a Pono perspective of things and of others. And um, because you really have fully stepped into your seat in the va'a, in the canoe, and, and you are being your greatness, you now are, in, you're in charge. You know, you are creating your desired experience moment to moment. Yes. You, you, life isn't happening to you. I, experiences you're aren't happening. Fires aren't happening to you. The, you are in charge of your experience, you know? Right. You are creating um, it from yeah, within. So, right. Yes. So when you really connect into, and that is the fundamental foundation of Ho'oponopono Ke'ala and one of the first things on a cave. Right, you know, right. So and and I would right, and I would say, especially as the world becomes smaller through the way that we connect, especially right now through zooming <laughs> all over over the world. And you, you two ladies are giving workshops on this um, on online webinars, online re retreats right now. And then you know when we do have in person, you have those as well. But as the world becomes more integrated and um immerse with each other it's almost like we can't go to the old ways or i would say the western ways of i'm going to colonize you and you're going to take everything that i have um to give you so you're going to Adopt my culture, adopt my language, adopt my belief system about reality and how we create reality. You can adopt it all, but it, we, instead, that hasn't worked in history, and it's just going to cause more of that good, bad <laughs> fighting. So if we could maybe just wipe that out and adopt the perspective of uh, when you meet new people or when you you engage with commerce with new countries um adopt more the perspective of okay um here's what i bring to the table what can we learn from you 
and what you bring to the table and how can we coexist and also um, create new experiences together that we're both going to love as we are. And that's old thinking that needs to be new again all over the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and through the, the experiences that we're having at this time, we really understand globally, mm. <laughs> you know, on a global perspective now, how interconnected we truly are. We right. are so interconnected. And so everything affects everything else. And, um, you know, we can't, now that we've come to this, this kind of enlightened place, because we're seeing things more clearly than we mm -hmm. ever have before, we've kind of had an awakening. And you can't unlearn what you've learned. You can't go back. You, you just can't, you know. And I think that's a lot of the anxiety and perhaps that's fear that's happening. Yes. Is people knows, <laughs> their, their mind knows we're never going to be able to go back and be entertained by you know, distractions or all of these other things that used to be in the old, because we now know, and you can't unknow what you know. <laughs> right, so right. Really right, right. So it's like, you know how, um, like in, uh, like in platonic solids or geometry, they have all the different shapes of different kinds. A square does not look at a circle and say, now you must be a circle so that we can coexist. And a um, a hexagon doesn't look at a, at, a at a square or a diamond and say, now you must be a hexagon so that we can coexist. Instead, they all come together and they make a six-figure platonic solid um, in sacred mm -hmm. geometry. And then they, then they become a crystalline consciousness or a crystalline feature. Um, a little bit of math there, but that's basically this, another analogy for people to understand what unity and oneness in this perspective is. Um, and so if you're going to have more harmony in these higher energies of earth right now, um, you're going to need to work with those um, differences that people bring to the table and learn from each other. It sounds so simple, but, you know, it's, people make it much harder than it is. Everybody to the core is good. There is no bad. We make mistakes. Uh, because we're not seeing the good in each other and we're not seeing the light in each other. But if you ask, like, if you ask somebody who is deemed horrible, they're going to say, I'm doing good for my people. So it's really trying to figure out where are we not seeing um, the light in each other? So what do you, what kind of message does the ancestors say about how we are going to move forward in these higher energies of earth? Well, I'm not. Because we can't keep on fighting forever. <laughs> you mentioned that we can't see the light in each other. Well, that doesn't mean we should stop trying to see the light in each other either. And when we can recognize the light in ourselves, yeah, that's, that's when we biggie. more clearly can see the light in others that's because the of the experience, the living experience of that. And we get better at that as we see the light in ourselves. And then that vision gets better and better. And then we can see the light in others. 
It's just like you'll probably, in fact, I'm pretty sure that you will relate to this. Um, I was telling her the other day about the the uh, kupunas, meaning the grandmothers, you know, and the grandfathers, the elders, you know, and that it's very customary in our culture that you have great respect for the elders, you know, um, because we know that the elders have been through many experiences. So therefore, if they even sit down for a minute and just, you know, explain something to us if they choose to, then how fortunate we are to have that, you know. And I told her, I said, yeah, in our culture, in fact, you're, you don't have a voice until you are considered a kupuna, an elder, you know. And that would be 60-ish on. 65-ish. 65-ish on. on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Anything less than that, they'll look at you and then they'll go, mm-hmm. But they don't really <laughs> take you seriously. <laughs> because not enough experience. You know, they recognize that too, you know. And so as you grow, you notice. Yeah, it's you so know, true. Yeah, as we apply, you know, the tools and apply these abilities, you know, really in that, that money iho, that self-love mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, uh, embracing and accepting our greatness, you know, and we really have living experience with that then then we we gain this wisdom and and it's it's easier and we're more powerful with those gifts and so right. then of course that gift it, it we're able to see others in that way and then right. that shifts you know all of our priorities it shifts how we show up in the world how we well, navigate the waters of life right right exactly. Let, very good points. And let me ask you another question about that. I mean, you know, when we look at the, um, you know, they, they call, um, K, they call your generation, the great generation. You guys did a lot of things, you know, when you guys overcome a lot of pandemics, <laughs> you overcome a lot of the, the, the depression, you overcome a lot of, um, tragic world wars i mean there's a lot of things that you guys took that was quote quote wrong and you guys made it right and righter and now we are in this generation or in this reality at this time and a lot of the people are this might be their first real pandemic this might be the first real recession or possible recession and you know all these different things and we're kicking and screaming and forcing everybody to do what they want and all of these different things. And we're taking all of the stuff that was created and planted for us to be able to complain about for granted. So why are so many people not grateful for the things in their lives, even in the quote, quote, chaos that we're experiencing now in this worldwide pandemic? Why are they not grateful? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it seems that they're not. 
Well, you know, there's, there's an old tale with that. Um, the one who seems the loudest are the ones that people see the most, you know. But I don't believe in that. I don't believe that. The squeaky wheel? Yeah. I <laughs> really don't. Oil. I, I see so many more of our, um, you know, of our youngsters, our, our younger generations and stuff. They are working very hard to make a difference. I, I see that, you know. Mm. And it gives me, absolutely, it gives me the choice that I can sit there and say, oh, my goodness, you guys shouldn't do it that way because this is how we got into that and blah, 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 blah. No, my job, I feel, is to help encourage, encourage those that feel like, I think I've got it. I think, you know, I think I'm doing it okay. Am I doing it okay? You know, that's where my energies are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and honestly, Anake, you know, speaks of this all the time. It, it, she goes, you know, we're so busy gathering the alo, gathering mm -hmm. the wisdom, gathering the knowing, gathering, you know, learning here, learning here, mm -hmm. go to this class, go to that class. So you gather all this alo, all this knowledge and wisdom mm -hmm. and enlightenment, <laughs> and yet we haven't done the hana, right. you know, and hana is action. Mm -hmm. the application, the applying it in our lives. And so, you know, if, if we find that, you know, we see what you had said was how can people become more grateful or how come this generation isn't grateful for the opportunities in this pandemic, in this yeah. learning lesson that we've been given. And it's about putting in the Hana, which is applying and energizing the vibration energizing. of Mahalo of gratitude and we do that with our chant that's our chant is mahalo nui mahalo is gratitude gratefulness thank you and nui is very much abundant so thank you very much mm -hmm. so we energize we know how energy works we know the universal law of energy and how it works and so we energize it in our lives we we do a list of mahalos every day and we speak them out loud and we put a glass of water on it at night and we speak it and it infuses the, that gratitude yeah. into the water. And then in the morning we drink that water. We do the hana. Mm -hmm. We walk the talk. We olelo, holo, holo. We walk the talk and we, um, we energize that gratitude throughout the day. So as something happens, we tap it, acknowledge it, and we, we mahalo it. And so, you know, we're constantly in that vibration of gratitude. And right. so if you, if, you want more, if you want more things to be grateful for, <laughs> yeah. energize that vibration. And all of a sudden, everything around you are things to be grateful for. Exactly. And that's how you, when you work with the energies, the universal law of energy and how it works, that's. Yeah. When you get exactly what you're desiring. Yeah. We're, exactly. we're not only looking at the physicalness that's been created, but we look at what's coming through the creation of the inside of self, that spirit place, you know. And right. Are we working with, you know, that's important. Right. I, you know, I completely agree 100%. Um, that's how you 
that's how you live moment by moment in our life. And that's how you create with the highest energy to create the highest version of reality for your soul to experience in your body. So um, like in, um, in Eastern philosophies and in Buddhism, when we meditate, and meditation can be anything where you're not really thinking, the monkey mind, the ego has kind of shut off. And basically, you just, all you do is you get into um, even walking in nature. Um, you just get into a process where you are, in, in science, they call it the gamma wave frequency. It's a higher frequency, uh, tunes into higher, um, higher energies of the universe and higher um, realities. And the easiest way for anybody to get into that higher energy of the universe is to be in gratitude, to count the silver linings, to see the positive outcome that could, the positive potential that could happen, to see the light inside the bad um, and see that there is no bad and they're just they're working on it. So, I mean, it, it, it is all of that. So, and I do agree that for the most part, if you just don't pay attention to the small amount of people who are not taking things, um, you know, not being grateful for things, complaining about things, all of that as uh, compared to the mass whole of most of humanity and most people, and especially the young, many of them are grateful um even in tough situations like the pandemic that we're going through they are grateful that they can um you know have online school that they can um order all their favorite foods straight to them delivered <laughs> like a king and a queen <laughs> um that they can play any video game about anything that they want to at their fingertips that they can communicate with somebody in Hawaii to Seattle or they can communicate with anybody in the world at any time when they feel like it in an instant that they can um that that even looking around I mean even when I look around at, at you two ladies there is no time in history where you can get all of the things that you want in the same space. I mean, you're so many different options, even, even to order food. It's like, what do you want? Do you want Hawaiian food? Do you want Chinese food? Do you want, um, do you want meat and potatoes? Do you want barbecue? These all came from different cultures and guess what? They're all at your fingertips for you to order and they will deliver it straight to your mouth if you want to. Be grateful for that because if, if you ask anybody in history on your worst day during the pandemic or even after the pandemic and they see all the opportunities and all of the different um, potentials that you have at your fingertips, they would trade your worst day. And that is what people need to see that there's so much to be grateful for. Always, always, always. Yeah. And I'm so really, really grateful that you've taken this on, you know, that you're listening to the ancestors and they're saying, okay, get this book done. And, you know, <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that's... What, what last, um, Anna Kay, um, 
Maha Elani, and for both of you ladies, what last message does the ancestors of Hawaii and um, the ancient empire of the Polynesian islands want us to take with us going forward in, in these times? Well, they're saying right now that there'll come a day when we leave the planet, you know, um, and by that they mean that um, through space travel, they're talking about that, you know, and even before that, they're mentioning for many of us to come to that place where you ask yourself, Who's in charge? You know, who's in charge? Am I in charge of my evolution? Or is someone else who lived maybe 2,000 years ago in charge of the evolution? Or somebody who lives in Washington or, you know, wherever, you know. Am I in charge? Am I really in charge of me? and what I bring to the table, you know. It it just breaks down to that, to the core, to the core, you know. And so to be able to help others to come to that point in their lives, you know, to answer that question, who's in charge? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've we've had such so many um, blessings and so many Pono experiences that we've gone through even even before the pandemic, like like we said with the lava flow, um, you know, coming so close and um, you know learning the the teachings of the goddess Pele, the volcano goddess, and um, what she always teaches us, you know, especially in this in this time of the feminine, Mm -hmm. you know, the energies of the feminine. Mm -hmm. And um, she reminds us and calls out, she gives the kahea, the call out to the women, you know, and then even the men, Mm -hmm. you know, to really come into balance with their, with their feminine sides, with their Mm -hmm. feminine, their intuitiveness, their Mm -hmm. gifts, and um, to, to really step fully into our greatness. You know, the goddess Pele, she, she always shows herself in, in the greatest aloha that she is. And when you look at how, you know, that she does, she brings her flows yeah. and maybe she does cover an area and there might be homes there. But when you step back and you get a, a higher perspective, you actually see that what she's done is she's brought in balance to a place that perhaps kind of had some things going on and because we live here and we know this area we know the places that she's covered and we see the balance that she's now brought and this new earth and this new growth and this you know just the the you know everything is so fertile you know the new ground that has Mm -hmm. come and it's very magnetic you know when lava comes from the center of the earth it's very magnetic so she's she's adding to that magnetic energy that we have and the gifts of that. And, um, you know, she really calls to us, especially in this feminine energy in this time of the, the grand feminine, you know, Ikaika Wahine, we call it, 
the, the powerful woman. Um, she calls for us to fully accept our greatness, know that we are perfect just as we are, accept that we are greatness, we are perfection, and to really step into our seat and to show up in the world in that way, you know, to come forward and bring our superpowers, whatever that is, because we all have our own little superpowers that we have. Yeah, we can and go right that. out here and you can see the flow that where she's been. And from that point on, you can see how much she has really added to the island. You know, the birthing of this ancient goddess, you know, um, the birthing and her own um, ohana, meaning family member, um, her relationship with her sister, Namaho Kekai, who is the goddess of the sea. I mean, the greater, greater power there is, you know. So many people come to our islands, so many, and they come to give ceremony or to be attached to, say, Pele, for instance, you know. And so they'll come and they'll ask us, oh, can you take us to where Pele is, you know, is it safe, is it okay, you know. And we'll say, oh, yeah, and they'll want to do ceremony there. And then we'll point out, we'll say, oh, and let's not forget her sister. <laughs> the big sister. Yeah, and they'll go, <laughs> the sister? And they'll go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm, the sister, the mighty Namaho Kikai, who is the goddess of the oceans that ties us all together from the South Japan Ocean, China, you know, all the oceans. And we're all in this, you know. Just yeah. expand. I call it index the aloha. Yeah, you know, as, as Pele teaches us to stand in our greatness and to be our greatness, um, Namaho Kikai holds that space so well, so well. It, continuously, you know, in our ebbs and flows and and, you know, to go and to just sit and watch her, you know, for the day. Mm -hmm. And she teaches us so much, mm -hmm. always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that is the call. That's the kahea for now at this time is to really just embrace and accept embrace. ourselves as the greatness that we are. So, you know, so many people can and do and, you know, must sit in their living rooms and perhaps watch this, this amazing flow going on on the TV and stuff. We look over just through the forest and we go, <laughs> hi. Bailey's <laughs> in the hood. Yeah. Well, yes, Onike Mahealani and La Akea, I think we've given um, listeners, a lot to think about, great tools that they can put in the tool belt for how they are going to create their reality from within the best that they can and still be good stewards to um, this home that we call Earth. And yes, I will agree um, as well that our potential is in the stars as, as, dust that, as dust that we once were, we will again 
enter the dust of the stars um, and take the, the DNA and the history and the experiences of Earth with us when she also rests as well eventually. So, um, you know, if you want to learn more about Ho Ho'oponopono Ke'ala and the, this tool um, and to get in contact with these two ladies, you can reach out to them on their website. Right now they are offering online webinars, online seminars. Um, and so just look over their offerings and you can find that all on this website, which is alohaspiritauntie.com. So um, with that, thank you so much for a wonderful interview. I had so much fun. And until next time, Aloha. <laughs> A-U-N-T-Y. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Blessing. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.